Feels so right You turn my darkness to light Deep breath I'm gonna trust you I'm gonna trust you And now I'm out here walking on air Everywhere I go
to bless the name of the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. So with your rejoice, let's clap our hands. Let's lift our voice. Let's do our dance if we have to. Let's bless the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Give God your best praise. Hallelujah.
praise. So with your voice, with your voice, give God your best praise right here. Hallelujah, God. We glorify you, God. We bless your master. You alone are worthy of all of our praise. Hallelujah, God. We give you all the glory. No other has the glory but you, God. Hallelujah. 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 We bless you, God. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, Jesus. We worship you in this place, oh God. Can we just lift our hands to him this morning? We honor you in this place. Till I can reach heaven, I'm gonna shout. 
Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. You know, that song says that I'm going to sing your praise like I am unashamed. I'm going to shout for joy at the mention of your name. That at the mention that at the mention of the name of Jesus, walls come crashing down. The Bible says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And the spirit is here. So freedom is here. So I just want to encourage you this morning, no matter what it's looked like this week, no matter what it's looked like this month, this year, that one's from me. God's still in control. There is freedom where the Spirit of the Lord is. There is freedom. So can we just thank Him right now for the freedom, for the liberty that we have right now? Can we give Him some praise in this place? Can we honor Him in this place? Hallelujah, Jesus. I want to pray for us. Well, we just thank You for, for, for this day. We thank You, Lord that you are in this room. Spirit of God, we welcome you in this place. We welcome you in our hearts and in our lives. And I pray right now over each person in this room, in this building, Lord, that you would just touch them in a new way. I pray over each, each issue that we may be going through, Father God, I pray that you speak to our hearts, Lord, that you answer our prayers, Father God. Lord, you are in the business of answering prayers, and we are so grateful for that. And I pray, Lord, that we learn to trust you, Lord, that we learn to give you all of who we are, everything, every bit of ourselves to you. We love you and we honor you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Why don't you, why don't you turn to somebody, tell somebody they look good this morning, tell somebody you're so glad they came and just welcome them here to Relate. Amen. Community Church. My name is Megan. I am so happy to be amongst you guys today. Let everybody that have breath in their lungs and that's excited to be in the house of the Lord say whoop, 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 whoop. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So excited that you guys are joining us here today. Those that are in the auditorium and don't forget, we also have our online church community. Hi y'all. So happy that you guys are here today. When you walked in, you should have received the Connect Packet. And that packet is a little card. On the card, you can fill out your name, your information, a baptism request, a prayer request. Drop that in the box outside of the auditorium on your way out. Or you can also do the exact same thing on the QR code that's popping up behind me. Directly after this service today, we have Meet the Pastors. So excited about that. An auditorium number one. You have the opportunity to meet with Pastor Sean and Pastor Angela to get the heartbeat about Relate and to see how they love the Lord and this community that we are serving. So we have more time of worship coming up. But before that, we have a giveaway. 
So if you guys have been here for the past couple weeks, you know that we are in the second series, or the, the sermon series of What's the Point that's going on right now. And we have a giveaway for those of you that are wearing boots and all that stuff. So here's Pastor Susan. Thank you. Who's got their boots on today? Oh, I saw a lot of boots coming in. And Pastor wanted to just say just cowboy boots alone. <laughs> but I said, no, no, no. That ain't right. We just said boots. Am I right? All right, what else? What else do they get tickets for this week? If you had your serve shirt on and you're serving, extra tickets. Extra tickets. Yes. If you invite someone. How many of y'all invited somebody? A lot of, a lot of people this morning uh -huh. handed out a Me bunch of extra people. tickets. Yeah, that's right. Yes. All about the and tickets. remembering that no matter where you are in your donkey mission, you can always invite somebody. Yes. Because everybody's in different seasons of life. Yep. So Maybe even that person tickets. that is your donkey mission. Right. They need to be here. Um, tomorrow morning. Oh, she said this morning. All right. We got the beautiful gold yes. spinny thingy. Are we ready? And there's another prize that's not out there. It's in my pocket. It is a $50 what? gift card. Woo -woo. 50. That, you can use that anywhere. You can. It's not even to just Chick-fil-A. All right. All right. And we're how oh, many, how oh, many winners we got out. coming in? We're doing... We have four winners today. Oh, Y'all get to see the four. old woman bend over. Okay. No cheating. All right. Three winners. Four. Four. <laughs> All right. Janie Wells. Janie! Hey! And she had her surf shirt on today, too. Yep. Mia. Anthony. Mia! Hey! And Mia brought people. Congratulations. All right. Carla Blatt. Carla Blatt! Woo! Carla got her kicked off. All right. On. Final one. All right. Last one. Let me, let me. Winner, let me winner, all chicken dinner with a gift card. <laughs> Literally. Brahim? Hey, congratulations. All right. That was our all winners. All right. Y'all go see Miss Gwen right after service. You get to pick a prize from everything on the table. Can we just say woo woo? Woo woo. Yes. Okay. So we got to leave them with the challenge for next week. What is it? Be here before worship starts and you get two tickets. Okay. Before worship starts, if you are early next week, you get two tickets. Bring somebody two tickets. Let me get you all to stand back up. We're going to go back into an amazing time of worship. We just love you and we thank you all and good luck for next week. Something has to break. Yeah. Jesus. 
when you have your way, something has to break, tear down every lie, set the wrong things right, cause when you have your way, something has to break, something has to break, something has to break.
everybody. What a day it is to be in the house of the Lord. Would you just turn to somebody and say, it's a good day. Come on, man. It's not a bad day. You don't have to pout. You can smile. <laughs> it's good to be in the house of the Lord. You guys can go ahead and find a seat. Man, what a day. What a good day. It feels good outside. It feels good even better in here. We are in week number two of What's the Point series, and um, we are finding our donkey mission. If you don't have the book, you'll want to get that on your way out. You can just pick up a copy for free right out on the table where the prizes are at. But man, I'm excited about this series. I'm excited. I've been able to meet a few people this week. Actually, one of the most exciting things this morning was I, I see things that I didn't come up with, ideas and stuff, like people wearing donkey ears first I thought it was rabbit ears too, but I, hey, donkey ears are fun. We're having a good time serving God. It's a lot better, it's a lot more fun serving God than it is to serve the devil and to serve the world and do the other, the other things that maybe we used to do. And I want to, uh, real quick before we go any further, I want to say welcome to everybody who's watching online right now streaming so let's just give it up and give them a, a great big relate welcome to everybody watching if you're watching maybe it's not even sunday morning and you're watching this uh service we're glad that you're joining us we're thrilled that we get to do this together and just be a part of what god is doing here if you're a guest today or if you're new to relate i want to tell you that it means a lot to me that you're here it means a lot to our team that you're here every single day and especially on Sundays when we're setting up we're praying for all of you guys that are that are going to walk into this place and celebrate the goodness of God with us but we always have a high expectation for what God's going to do when we get together whether it's at someone's house or right here in this room we have an expectation that God is in the house amen so today during the message I know God's going to speak to you I know that the Holy hopefully you're listening the Holy Spirit says a lot more than I can say so I have things prepared, things I think that really will change your life from the Word of God, but ultimately I believe the Holy Spirit's going to speak to you today and help lead you into a better life, lead you into taking steps that maybe you've been, um, you haven't had the courage to take, but maybe today is the day that we get to do that together. So can we give it up really for one more group of people? That is the band. You guys are doing an awesome job, and there's only three of them today. Well, of course, the singers, too. Thank you, guys. Man, they are so talented, such talented people. They actually practice, because we don't have a building, they practice worship practice at my house. And so I get to hear sometimes uh, we're pulling in to the garage. I hear them in the back room, and it always sounds amazing. And they're just singing and worshiping, preparing for what God's going to do at the services. So we're going we're gonna to dive right into week number two. And uh, by the way, how many of you guys are enjoying your small groups right now? I have loved, loved this season of small groups. Lots of really, really cool things going on. And um, 
man, it's just good to be here today. So let's dive into week number two of what's the point. And uh, I want to just remind you, last week we really opened up and launched the series. So if you missed it, then you got to go back and, and uh, rewatch it. Rewatch it's online. But this idea that there are things in our life, there are, I think, for today's message, there are places, areas in our life that we look at and we're like, what is the point of that? Why did I do that? Maybe it's a regrettable or a questionable thing that we, decisions we made or things that, maybe it's a room in your house that you walk through or could even be something that you carry around with you. In this particular case, I was watching, looking, preparing for this message and saw this week, I just saw someone post a picture of their tattoo and I thought, why on earth? Why? What is that? And so I found another one actually and this tattoo makes me say, like, why? What is the point? And it might be one of those things in your life that you're like, it's supposed to say believe, I think, but it actually says believe. And you're thinking, well, I'll just go back and fix that. Obviously, it was a mistake, but then you don't fix it, right? Because it feels permanent on your arm. Another guy in Norway actually got a McDonald's receipt tattooed on his arm. And I thought, why? The <laughs> That really makes me think, what is the point? Was it, the, was it that you love McDonald's or something about that receipt that you love so much that you just have to have it on your arm? And finally, everybody's favorite uh, 80s rock band, a quote, It's Is My Life by, of course, John Bovey. I don't, it was the John Bovey for me. I, <laughs> wow, you have, you have a, bad mistake you got to carry around for a long time and we think man i gotta i gotta get this fixed i gotta clean this up right it's i, I did some questionable thing we all have really you may have no tattoos like me i have no tattoos but there are lots of things in our life that are questionable the things that mm, why why did i do that it's not right and may i'd like to maybe it's when you walk through your house and you see that one drawer that you pull out, it's just a junk drawer but you know it's it's questionable. You, you want to take the time to clean it up, but you're not going to. Or in my case, walk, walk, walking past the garage and you think, man, I got to organize my stuff. I got to organize that garage. So <clears throat> for four weeks in this series, we're looking at 1 Samuel chapter 9 at the story of Saul as he gets sent on what he thinks is a pointless mission to find his father's donkeys. What will ultimately lead to him, uh, just a few short verses later, he is anointed king of Israel. He's anointed king, but he has to go through this little special donkey mission first. And so today I want us to look at it from a different perspective because we're going to look at some of the verses we looked at last week. In fact, the first four verses of this chapter, I want us to look at it. And even though it seems insignificant, I want you to pay attention because there's some there's things in here that feel insignificant. They feel like, just like the donkey mission itself, they seem pointless, but in fact, they are very crucial to Saul's life and what's coming. And so we're going to look for the context in that. So 1 Samuel chapter 9, verse 1, there was a Benjamite, a man of standing, whose name was Kish, son of Abiel, the son of Zeror, the son of Becherath, the son of Aphiah of Benjamin. 
Kish had a son named Saul, as handsome a young man as could be found anywhere in Israel. And he was a head taller than anyone else. We spent a long time on that last week, and we talked about who he was and what God had prepared for him and this particular mission that he was being sent on. Verse 3, now the donkeys belonging to Saul's father Kish were lost. And Kish said to his son Saul, take one of the servants with you and go to find the donkeys. There's the donkey mission. His dad says, uh, hey, I'm going to send you on, on this mission. He could have sent the, just the servant, but he doesn't. He says, son, it, it was in some ways important enough. Can, can I just point out one thing we won't talk about too much, but loving fathers send their, parent, their, their children on developmental missions. There are things that God sends you into that you think is pointless, but it's really to develop you. It's really for a purpose. It's really because what's coming ahead, you're going to have to face some things. You need some things that will expand you and will develop you and sharpen you. That's exactly what we talked about last week. The grind that you have to go through that you think is pointless, you can't Get, if, if, you could pick, if you could carry anything from last week, you've got to carry this, that there are, there, you, you have to have the grind. If you, if you push away from the grind and you just say, no, nah, I hate that, that it's pointless, it's, I feel like I'm wasting my time, there are things that you have to do. And so, let's read verse 4, because this is where we're going to park for a little while. Verse 4, so he passed through the hill country of Ephraim and through the area around Shalisha, but they did not find them. They went into the district of Shalim, but the donkeys were not there. And then it says, not they, it says, he passed through the territory of Benjamin, but they did not find them. Sometimes we read a story or we tell a story, and what does it sound like? It just sounds like blah, 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 more details. How many of you ever written a story, and maybe it was that high school English class, and you had to have 500 words or 1,000 words? You just needed some filler. So you put all the details in there. <laughs> every, uh, you, you put every describing word you could think of just so you could fill it up. The Bible has none of those filler words. So if it's in the Bible, it's for a reason. And so on the surface, we read this, and it just feels like, oh, there's details in the story. Oh, okay. They went to this city. They went to this city. They went to this city. But listen, there's no detail in the Bible by accident. There's a lot of things we don't know about. Like, if you're just reading this story, I can just come up, I could think of questions like, hey, what was the servant's name? Like, you want to tell us the name of every city they stopped in, but what was the servant's name? It just said he was a servant. How, this is an even bigger question. In my opinion, if I'm trying to imagine this story and paint this picture of we're going to find donkeys, how many donkeys is it? Is it two donkeys? Is it 200 donkeys? That's a big difference in mission. But it doesn't tell us any of those things. But what it does tell us is there for a reason. So the Bible gives us very specific details, historic details about where they went. And I believe there's a reason why. Let's read back through verse 4 real quick. So he passed through the hill country of Ephraim and through the area around Shalisha, but they did not find them. They, couldn't, they could not find the donkeys. They went on into the district of Shalem, but the donkeys were not there. And then finally... Right here. Then he passed through the territory of Benjamin, but they did not find them. There, there is so much significance in each of the four places that they looked and didn't find the donkeys. If you have the book, 
and you're reading along in the book, I think it's chapter 2, 3, 4, and 5, or they actually, uh, Pastor Matt Keller actually breaks down the four cities and the significance of why, what that meant. What was the significance of those cities? And we don't have time to do that today, so go back and read it. Grab the book and, and look at the breakdown as to what the significance of each of those cities were because it wasn't, it wasn't by accident. I believe that God directed his paths to be in those places for a reason because when you've got someone that you're about to put into a position of power or significance, you have to put them through some stuff. There's a process that God allows us to walk through of developing us, and I think that's exactly what was happening in this moment, if not just for him to face and deal with some things, and we're going to look at that. So, in order to see, at least begin to see the significance, we're going to go back, and again, I know this feels tedious, but there's a reason for the details. Back to verse 1, there was a Benjamite. Remember? We're going to focus on the territory that the last place that he went right before he was anointed king was the territory of Benjamin. And just three verses earlier, we read that there was a Benjamite, a man of standing whose name was Kish, son of Abiel, the son of Zeror, the son of Becherath, the son of Aphiah of... <laughs> and he says it twice. He makes the reference that this is where Saul is from. This is where his people are from. Not only is he a, a, a Benjamite, because his dad was, his granddad was, and his great-granddad was, but his people are from there. And we learn, actually, in 1 Samuel chapter 10, the very next chapter, we learn that the territory of Benjamin, that's, that's, that's where Saul's hometown was. So when he's traveling back through this area, it's way more significant than just, oh, I went to this place and this place and this place and this place. No, now he's, it's very significant that he is revisiting his past right before he steps into the most significant role that he'll ever take. So I want us to take that idea and apply it to us. And I, want, I got four truths for you today that are found kind of in that, uh, in, in that idea that he visited his past before he could step into his future. No, number one, just like there's no de insignificant details in the Bible, here's number one for us. There's no detail of our story that's insignificant. The things that you've had to walk through, the life that you've lived, maybe it's that bad tattoo. Maybe it's that bad relationship. Maybe it's that experience, that broken relationship, that, that regret that you carry around. And it's not just by accident. It's not insignificant. It actually plays a, a huge role in who you become. We just want it to be gone. We just want to say, I wish I could have this, this removed from my arm. I wish I could have this removed from my life. I wish that I don't have that memory. God, can you just, I wish I could just forget it. But the truth is, there, there's so much power in what we've lived and what has made us who we are. So we learn that uh, Saul's hometown is right there in the territory of Benjamin. So when he walks back through that town, it's like he's walking through his old stomping ground. He's remembering very likely many memories of growing up, what it was like to be a little kid or a teenager. Or How many of you, 
you no longer live where you grew up, but you go back and visit your hometown. That's such a weird feeling. My parents still live where I grew in the same town that I grew up in. And when I go back to visit them, sometimes we drive past the house where I was raised. And I'm telling you, it's, it's surreal looking at the house because it's, it's not the way I remember it. But it reminds me, that's where I came from. I, I used to live, I used to climb that tree. I used to climb that fence. I used to play with my friends down the street. We, were, we would do all kinds of crazy things. There was a bayou that ran behind the, behind the house. I, we would go down into the bayou and look for snakes and turtles. And, and it all looked so much safer when I was a kid. I had no fear. I would never allow my kids to go searching for snakes down in the bayou. But we did. <laughs> my house looks, I remember it being a lot bigger. I remember the street being a lot bigger. I remember the restaurant we used to eat at being a lot better food than now. It's different, right? And so when Saul walks back through his hometown, he's, he's experiencing who he used to be. He's experiencing not just that, but he has a whole family lineage that came from that place. And not just that, he's marked by this tribe. I am of the tribe of Benjamin, of the 12 tribes. He's the, it's the smallest tribe. They're the weakest, smallest. They're, they're like of the smallest. So he, he might have he had a complex. There, all of those issues of, of identity right before he's to go and be anointed king, he's remembering all of those things and having to face up to where he comes from. And so I think he has to settle this is this is who I am. And just like us today in the room when we look back at our past we have to make a decision this is who I am and we have to face up and deal with that's really the uh the message today is dealing with the past. It's dealing with that past version of ourselves because we have really a choice to get stuck in it or to move on from it. And so first thing I want you to, next thing I want you to write down is this. We are products of our past, but we don't have to be prisoners of it. I think Saul could have walked through there and never left. He could have given up right there. He could have said, hey, you know, this is the kind of people we are. This is who I am. This is, uh, this is where I come from. We're the smallest, weakest, uh, you know, we're never going to find these donkeys. Let's go home. But no detail is insignificant. And even though it's painful, areas of our past, we may wish they never happened, but they're there for a reason. Sometimes even we do, we do things that we didn't do. on. We did, it's not intentional. We just ended up in a moment. I was thinking this weekend, reminded of a relationship, um, I, a friend of mine that I grew up with, at the kind of toward the end of high school, we started living separate lives. Like we were so close in like middle school, early high school, and then um, we just kind of went our separate ways. I really went all in with God. I I was always at the church. I was always doing um, outreach and serving and like all those kinds of things. And he went the exact opposite way. Maybe around twenty four, twenty five or so, we kind of reconvert reconvened and 
he just poured out his heart to me and said, man, I miss uh, the way things used to because he, he was plugged into church. That's actually uh, how we got connected. And one of the things that we were, we were always uh, going to church together. And he just told me, man, I really got to get my life right. But I hate, what, I, I hate where I am. I wish I had someone I could be accountable to. And I wish that I could. Um, and so I, I kind of in my own um, immaturity, I said something that I regretted later. I said, man, I will call you every day if that's what it takes. Man, I, I care about you. I wanted, I wanted to see him get his life right. And I said, I'm going to call you every day. And we're just going gonna to figure this out, man. I got you. And so I started calling him every day. He started getting his life right. He started not only just coming to church, but like fixing relationships and getting closer to God and like all the right things started to happen. But I had become like this crutch to him that I was, I was fine being accountable. I'm still fine being accountable, but something happened that I didn't foresee. And that was in an effort in overcommitting, I said, I'll call you every day. He started doing better, and I, I started thinking, okay, I'm not going to call him every day. He's doing better. We're going to, it wasn't long. A few months goes by, and he starts drifting off again, and I, so I start reaching back out to him. and say, hey, man, I thought we were supposed to do something. He's like, I thought you were supposed to call me every day. And then all of a sudden, the responsibility for his actions became my fault because I didn't call him every day. And so in that moment, I was, I was like, how did this become my fault? How am I getting the blame for this? And I thought, I should never have said that. And so I'm now, I'm now very careful about what I commit to because I don't want to become the thing that hurts you. I want to help you. I want to help everybody. And soon after, we were able to kind of re readjust and, and make some better decisions and get things back on the right track. But I learned a valuable lesson there. And, but when I look back at it, I still think, oh, man, that was so. How many times have I done things that have hurt other people intentionally or unintentionally, and I have to carry it? I don't lie. I regret it, but it's still part of who I am. And all the mistakes that I've made, the people that I've hurt, relationships that I have broken and severed, I regret it, but it doesn't mean that God can't redeem it. It doesn't mean that if I can give it to God, he can't do something with it. And I, I see Saul walking through the territory of Benjamin, and that's the dynamic that's happening. Like, this is where I'm coming from, but God can redeem it. First John chapter 1, verse 9 says, If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from what? From all. He, he doesn't say from just a few sins or as long as you don't do too much or as long as it's not too bad. He says, no, he's faithful to forgive us of all sin. God's right there waiting on us, and he can redeem our past. He can redeem our regrets. He can redeem our mistakes. So that's point number one. Point number two is this. Our past matters to our present more than we realize it does. We can be oblivious just walking through town and so focused on donkeys that we don't realize something amazing is fixing to happen. Something big's about to happen. God has purpose and plan for you. You can ignore it. But God's still working in the background. It's amazing. Last week we talked about how God had already spoken to the prophet a day earlier before Saul shows up. 
God already has things in the, in the works. We don't want to be oblivious to it, but our past matters to our present more than we realize. I think God ordered his steps. So as God's leading him, okay, we're going to go to this town, then this town. I need you to go through all of these things because you're going to have to confront your past. You're going to have to deal with your past. Are there any things in your past that pop up in your present? Uh Uh-oh. There's a lot of things that pop up in my past. How is it that we can just be sitting in the car, driving along, paying attention, thinking about where we're going, then a song comes on the radio and we instantly, it's like we travel back in time and we're, we're brought right back to that place that I remember when I was 19 years old. I remember when I was 25 years old and this song was playing. It's like we're taking, it's like we're taking a walk through our past because our past can just pop up. It's, it's something that just happens to us. I'm going to share something with you, and I'm not proud of it, but I'm going to go ahead and share it with you because it's, it's exactly what I'm talking about. How many of you guys have grown up in the Houston area? Okay, we got some. The thing about Houston is a lot of people in Houston that are not from Houston, not from Texas, but that's okay. We'll forgive you. You can still be a Texan. <laughs> I won't point out who's not a Texan. rude yes i know that's all right there's an area of town called atascacita and right near kingwood and right there is a place called humble and if you're not from here you know you probably call it humble but like many people who are from here who say humble we say humble every time we say the word humble And so a couple of times, I apologize so many, a hundred times I've apologized, and you guys won't let me forget it. A couple of times I mispronounced the word humble and said humble. And so now every time the word humble comes on the screen, like in a scripture, humble yourself before the Lord, then everybody's waiting to see, is he going to say humble or humble? It's just everybody's holding your breath. And our staff won't let me forget it either because... Every week they send reports for what went good in the service, like what was right and then what was wrong. And then sometimes the report is, Pastor Sean, the best thing that happened yesterday was you pronounced humble right. And that's just my past, like popping up and trying to pull me back down to who I used to be. But I'm not, I'm not going to respond the way I want to. And it's funny, but for Saul walking back through his hometown, it wasn't funny because that particular town was only known for one thing. If you look back in the, if you study that particular place, that actual place where his, his hometown was known for one thing. A few generations before, they, they had made a name for a particular uh, instance where there was a rape and murder, and all of the townspeople, all the people in the tribe of Benjamin would not bring justice, and they actually defended the rape and the murder, and so in that moment, all the tribes of it, all all the other 11 tribes rose up, and they almost wiped out the tribe of Benjamin, and even the prophet, and God references the people of Benjamin, known for this atrocity, known for the debauchery that they defended, 
that's what they were known for. And so when Saul's walking back through his hometown, the people he came from, he's not just thinking, oh, we're the smallest town. He's also being reminded that, oh, that's so-and-so, and this is the family that did such and such, and this is where I come from. And we are known for rape and murder and all the things that are, not, are, that are completely against what God has for us. And he, and all, I, I imagine all he can think of is this is where I come from and this is who I am. And in that moment, I think his past matters so much to his future, more than we realize, and it's true for us as well. So are there things in your life that, yep, that looks like my past. <laughs> that sounds like my past. That feels like, oh, that definitely, that person. Or maybe it's something on the inside of you that maybe it's a genetic thing. Like, you, yeah, I only act like that because my dad does that. You know, that's how I was born. That's how I was raised. That's how I was treated. That's where I came from. And so I can't help it. That's my, that's my temperament. I have a bad attitude, or maybe you're a cynic, or maybe you just have anger that burns out of control. And when I see red, I see red. Or maybe you're just that person that's a worry wart, or you're a control freak, or you overreact at everything, and you're, you know you're overdramatic, but that's just the way I am. You have to deal with me. Maybe you're that person that you can't engage, and you just, you just like to Fade into the background. You like to avoid confrontation, but that's just where you come from. And you can never step into who God made you to be because you just accept where you came from. And you've settled back in your hometown, and that's not what God has for you. And until you settle your past, you can never walk into your future because point number three, what we don't deal with compounds. It compounds in our life and becomes more. It grows. Just like if I don't deal with anger, if I don't deal with unforgiveness, it becomes bitterness. It becomes a root. It becomes, it festers. We think we're holding on to the past, but how many times have you, have you lived an experience and then 10 years later, it's so much more hateful because you've held on to it and it, it's kind of become this pet feeling that you just go back to sometimes. Saul's story was not actually, even once he becomes king, his reign is not good. God has to replace him. Because there's so many unresolved things in his life. There's so many issues that he's carrying along. He, he never really becomes an amazing godly king. God replaces him with David, who we know uh, has a, is a man after God's own heart. Your problem is not that person that you're looking at thinking, I hate that person. They bring out the worst in me. I've heard that so many times. I can't stand them, Pastor Sean. You don't know what they do. I do, actually. I got some in my life. The problem is it's not, they're not the problem. The, the thing is that they bring out the problem. It's not the situation. It's not, listen, you may have been abused. You may have had the, the, the most terrible, life-changing, traumatic things happen to you, but that's not the problem. The problem is that you let that, you brought that thing into your heart. You think, no, Pastor Sean, it was, it was done to me. It was put in my heart. No, you allowed it to stay in your heart. 
The problem is you didn't get it out of your heart. And so now your heart holds on to all those things and everything else flows out of your heart. So all the other issues, all the other issues of life, all the other relationships, they got to go through your heart. That's why I I just got to tell you, my favorite, favorite, favorite small group that we do is freedom. I think everybody should go go all the way through freedom. Because we got to get to a place where we give God permission to let me heal. I give myself permission to heal. I give myself permission to forgive. I give myself permission to move past my past. Is it possible that the things that we struggle with today are really just the unresolved issues from our past? Is it possible that the struggle that you have on a daily basis in your mind, the thoughts you cannot resolve are really just unresolved issues that you've allowed to get into your heart. I heard somebody say that if your past is unresolved, it's not your past, it's your present. If you got things from a while ago that you haven't resolved, that's not in your past. You're carrying it around with you every single day and you're looking at it and you're you're rethinking it and it affects everything you do. But we don't deal with compounds in our lives. Your marriage didn't create a problem. We could call it, Pastor Sean, when I got married, all these problems started happening. Listen, it's probably not the marriage that caused the problem. It's the marriage that revealed the problems that were already in your heart. The issues, well, I'm not going to let anybody talk to me like that. Well, maybe that's the problem. Something in you is coming out and demanding, well, I, I have to be right. If it's right, right has to be right. One of the things we talked about this week in in my small group is this idea that I have to let go of my right to be right. There is so much freedom in that. That's what uh, real humility is saying, God, I I don't have to be right. I just want to be right with God. So it's not the new job or the situation or that thing that someone said. It's those things in your heart that's making, that, that's revealing addictions. And it re, it's revealing anger and depression and jealousy and gossip and unforgiveness. And you just all the things that we don't let go of. All the guilt, the shame, the bitterness. It's that relationship that just lets it come out. And it has the power to destroy our family. It has the, 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 the past, because we let it have place in our, a place in our heart. It's able to destroy our future. That's kind of what happens with Saul. Saul goes through terrible times, but he has some unresolved issues. Here's number four. Um, God wants to heal us of those things in our past that can hold us back from the future. So of all the things, I'm not just telling you what's, what's in us so that you can know, oh, I got some stuff going on. I got some problems. I got some issues. No, God wants to heal it. And I want us to take some time today. I'm not just saying this so you can go off and and pray about it this week. I want us to not leave this place without giving God permission to bring healing. And here's the good news. The most amazing thing about the donkey mission is that the donkey mission is actually a really amazing opportunity to settle the past. Somebody once said that the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. The next best, second best time to plant a tree, right now. 
You got some unresolved things that you should say I should have taken that care of that years ago. I should have never brought that with me. Take the time and clean it up. Take the time and fix it so that your life is that much better. When we moved into my house, we, we, we had moved uh, three times in three years. We were carrying all this extra stuff. And we had boxes on boxes on boxes in the garage just piled. I didn't know what to do with all of it. But I'd open boxes and say, I, have no, I don't know whose this is. Where'd this come from? I've never seen this. Angela and I, she wanted to park in the garage, and I just said, babe, I don't want to pay for a storage. You're going to have to park in front of the garage. But we finally doubled down and decided we have to clean this. This is our mess to clean. And so we started cleaning and uh, really quickly realized that this is, this is, uh, is going to take some time. This is not going to be a quick just, hey, throw it all in the, in the garbage. That's what I would like to have done, but other people didn't want to do that. If I haven't seen it for a year or two, I don't need it. I will tell on myself just a little bit that there were a lot of times in, that, in those few weeks where we're cleaning, and I'm, she may not have ever heard this before till today, there were a lot of things where I just, she goes inside for the bathroom, and I'm just like, I'm going to just do a secret garbage run on this. <laughs> we got to get this out of here. The mission is important to clean this garage. Because I knew there was some stuff that if we just went through every item, we're never going to get rid of it all. Sometimes you just have to pull the trigger and say, all right, I got to get rid of this. This is hurting me. Not because it's not that. It, it's taking up space in my life. Like, it's keeping me from getting my car in the garage. There's some stuff that God wants to put into your life, but you got some other stuff in there that's taking up too much room. There's some things that God wants to put in you. He says, I want to make you king. I have purpose for you. I have destiny for you. But you're taking up too much space with all the stuff from your past. The stuff from your past is blocking your future. And maybe, maybe what you're holding on to is anger and unforgiveness, but you're, you're, you're really taking the place of the peace God wants to put in you. Well, I have to, I'm just an angry person. Maybe it's the fear that you revel in. You, grab, you, you gravitate toward fear just because it's comfortable. Man, I, I, I'm not comfortable with that. I'm afraid of that. I don't like that. And yet God just wants to make you a person who's full of faith. But you haven't been willing to let go of that. Maybe it's the guilt and the shame that, that you struggle with. And really God just wants to give you unspeakable joy. You don't see yourself as that kind of person. You keep going back to your hometown of guilt and shame because it's familiar, because this is what I know. This is what I grew up with. This is how I am. And God's saying, you don't have to do that. I got something. I have a better life for you. So what do we do? I'm going to invite the band to join me on stage. We're going to close in worship. But I want you to think about in closing, I don't want us to just, hey, it's time to close the service. Let's sing. I want you to take a moment and make some commitments, make some dedications, and give yourself permission to, okay, I'm going to let go of this. I'm going to let God bring healing right now. And so how do we do that? 
Number one, you need to notice when it appears. Like, pay attention. Be self-aware enough to where when something pops up from your past, you realize this is the old me, and I'm not going to live here. I'm just passing through. This might be my hometown. This might be where I'm from. This might be how my people are, but I'm not going to be this guy. I, I imagine Saul walking through town and thinking, you know what? One day I'm going to change this city. We're not going to be known for this because it says that in the very next chapter, he brings people after he's anointed king, he comes back to his hometown and makes it one of his uh, royal capitals. You and I have to be willing to say, God, help me. I, I, I don't, I'm not going to be that old me. I, Holy Spirit, show me what I have to do to be the new me. Show me how to clean out that closet. Show me how to get rid of that, that regret and the guilt and the shame. Number two, you, you're going to need some help. Just like cleaning out my garage, I didn't do it on my own. I couldn't do it on my own. We had to have a garage sale. We ended up donating things, but I got Angela and the kids and anybody else who would help. Let's get this cleared out. Get into a small group. Get into a community of faith, some people that you can bounce ideas off and talk to, and you got, we can walk together to become that new version of you. That version that's full of faith, that version that's full of joy, that version where the Holy Spirit is bringing out the fruit of the Spirit, and you're becoming something different. That is what sanctification is about. That's where we are being transformed into a new creation. Our freedom groups start in, sp in the spring. I'm not even going to wait till spring to try and recruit you and tell you how much you need to be. You need to make a decision and decide, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a part of that. I'm going to jump in. I'm going to let God bring healing. Ecclesiastes 4.12 says this, A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. And finally, finally, Step number three, you need to get rid of it. There's some, th there's some things in your past that you don't need to talk to that other person. You don't need to get everybody together and say, all right, guys, we're going to have a big uh, a, fam a meeting of the families and talk it out. No, you just need to say, God, take this. I'm done with it. You need to have a little secret trash run and just say, hey, I'm not, this, is, this, is, this is done. Nobody needs to know about this. It's going in the garbage. I'm not going to keep bringing it up. I'm not going to keep thinking about it. I'm not going to remind myself of it. I'm that's, my, that's the old me. That's not how I live anymore. Your donkey mission is always pointing to your greater mission. And it might be a struggle. And it might be a grind. And it might be something that you have to go through. Like Saul to go through the territory of Benjamin to get to his destiny. As we all do, we have to settle our past. I don't just want to teach the book. I don't want to just teach you some ideas. I want you to make some decisions today. We're going to pray. We're going to take just a, give me three or four minutes. And right there in your chair, I just want you to make that an altar where you can sit and bow your head before the Lord. And you just say, God, this is me. This is what I've gone through. He knows it all anyway, and nothing can surprise him. But you have to be the one that says, okay, I'm going to become who you made me to be. I'm not going to live in that hometown. I'm not going to stay there. I'm willing to walk forward into my destiny. Would you just bow your head right now?
And right where you are, I just want us to make a decision. I just want us to pray a prayer where we just give it to God. And so I'm going to pray out loud, but I want you to pray with your own words, right? You don't have to do it out loud. You just right there in your heart. Maybe just a whisper, God, I give this to you. Let's pray. God, today I thank you that you have purpose and a plan and a destiny for us. God, open our eyes to see how our past is affecting us and how our, our past is keeping us from our future and how it's blocking us from what you want to do in our hearts. God, we ask you to break every chain of the past. Break the strongholds of our past and our minds and our thoughts and our feelings and the struggles where we have carried this weight. God, I thank you for breaking those chains and letting us be free and walk into our future. God, we thank you that you are a good God. Help us to live differently. Help us to, to imagine ourselves and have a vision of ourselves becoming who you called us and are anointing us to be in Jesus' name. Maybe you just need to say out loud, God, I give this to you. God, I give you my past. God, I give you my present. God, I give you my future. I give you my relationships. I give you the struggle. I trust you with my life. Can you just stand up on your feet right now and let's just say, God, I trust you. God, I believe in you. God, I need you in this moment. Would you just put your hand on your heart? I want us to say a prayer. God, my life is yours. It belongs to you. I'm not going to hold anything back today. If, if you have never given your life to God, if you've never had that moment of surrender, made the decision that, God, I'm going to give you my life, then today is an amazing time to do that. Maybe you feel like you've been on a donkey mission. You don't know exactly why you're here. You don't know how you even got here. I believe God brought you here for a reason. Maybe you don't know how you started watching this or how you landed on this video. I believe maybe it's the donkey mission. It's the, it's the, 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 the thing that you're going through that's bringing you to what God has for you. So with your hand on your heart, if... If that's you and you're ready to commit your life to him, would you just, with every head bowed and every eye closed, would you repeat these words? And let's say this prayer together. And let's just recommit or commit our lives to God and be the people that he wants us to be. Something amazing happens when you just surrender and you finally just say, okay, God, you're in control. I'm going to let you lead me. I'm going to let you be my Lord and my Savior. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, would you just, everybody in the room, would you say this out loud all together? Would you repeat this? God, today I give you my life. I surrender control to you. 
from this day forward, I'm going to follow you. I'm looking for destiny. And I'm ready to live your plan and your purpose for me. Forgive me for going the wrong way. Help me go the right way. Help me listen to your voice, God. And help me follow you. Make me a new creation. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. For everybody who said that prayer for the first time, or maybe you've said it a hundred times, it's exciting. It's exciting. Can we put our hands together and say welcome to the family of God for everybody who said that prayer. I love you guys. I'm looking forward to the next few weeks. Pastor Susan's going to come and help us close the service, but real quick, you guys go ahead and have a seat. Y'all, that was even better than the first service this morning. That was good, amen? We might be a product of our past, but we are not prisoners. Thank you for your saving grace and mercy, amen? And I just love that. You know, sometimes we're listening to a song in the car, and we start to reminisce, and those memories start to come in, and we start to hurt our own feelings again. Those are the times where he says right there, take hold of it. God, what are you trying to teach me? What have I learned through that moment? Because it's all part of the journey that has brought you right here. Amen. Right here to Relate Community Church. Can we just give a hand of applause to God and to everybody who said yes today? What a big decision. Their journey starts today. And if you were watching or you're here in the room, you've got a whole church, a whole fun, relate, God-loving church, amen, to go on that journey with you. We're going to go into our time of giving. There are ways to give on the screen. Most people just send it right through text, but there's also a drop box right outside that door. However, if you are a visitor, we just want to let you know, no pressure, this is for our normal attenders, because we believe that part of our worship is giving glory and honor back in the first of everything, amen? Amen. So while you take care of that, I want you to slowly just stand back up again. I told you we're a fun church, right? Sit down, stand up, sit down, stand up. We're going to pray over the offering and then we're going to worship a little bit more. Is that okay with you? We're going to go out and we're going to take care of them donkey missions first thing tomorrow morning when we get into work, right? I know all of y'all this week said, she is my donkey mission. Amen. Lord God, we just thank you so much for your goodness, your kindness, your, your saving grace, Father. We thank you for the, the teaching lessons in our life to let us know that everything we've been through is for a great purpose in our future, Father. We pray over this offering today that you take it, that you multiply it, and we see it grown in a miracle working ways all over this country, Lord God. We love you and we thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen.